am I on? Can you hear me okay? I believe, is Flip 180 staying in again, or are they going back today? They're staying? Okay. I want to greet Rob White and Jess White and the family. So good to see you. I seen a glare from over here, and I was like, who is that man with the glare? All right. All right, all the way up from uh, some country down in southern of the states. What is that place called? <laughs> good to have you and your family. When Judah walked in, I was like, holy moly, you're getting big, boy. Starting to make this old boy feel old. Older. How's everybody doing? Good, good. Are you guys excited about the Word of God? Wow. We had fun last week in the Word of God, didn't we? And we got more to go. We started a series on Ephesians, and so we started Ephesians chapter 1 last week, and I really have been appreciating your comments and all that kind of stuff. It's encouraging, and I really appreciate it. And uh, we're going to dig in some more. It's kind of funny. I told several people, you know, I got everybody psyched up with the uh, introduction to Ephesians with all the pictures, and then I didn't have any pictures hardly for you last week. Everybody likes pictures and videos here, it seems like. And so I'll try to work some of those in as we go. But uh, really what God's trying to do is he's trying to get us as a people to fall in love with the Word of God. That's why Flip 180, you guys are in here, is the Lord wants you guys to fall in love with the Word of God, and uh, this is part of the process of us falling in love with the Word of God. I love what Pastor Tom said, is we are readers. We love to read. We love, to, we love the Word. Amen? And so we're going to dive right into Ephesians chapter 1. Today, my goal is we're just going to finish chapter 1 of Ephesians today. And uh, then we'll start on chapter 2. If you have your devotionals, uh, I know there's several guests with us today. And uh, what did I do with it? Oh, there it is. We have, uh, we basically sewed this devotional into one in every family. If you haven't gotten one of those, uh, make sure you get one before you leave because we're going daily through the book of Ephesians. And this is a powerful tool to help us uh, gain revelation of God's word and what he's trying to speak to us. Also, just out of curiosity, did anybody bring the handout that I gave you guys last week? Good job, because we didn't get all the way through it. If you don't have one and want one, I, I made 50 of them today, just in case you didn't. So if you need one of those, uh, raise up your hand, and we'll, we got several guys who will pass those out. But that's the handout of what we're going through on Ephesians 1 and the spiritual blessings that we've been talking about that are in Christ even our second song that we sang today was really an Ephesians chapter 1 song. And uh, maybe, if we're lucky, maybe we can even get the worship team to finish the service with that song at the end. Could you guys handle that possibly? The second song that you guys did today? I don't even know what they're called. Hmm? Huh? No, 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 no. That was good too. The second song that you get, well, it's the third, not your opener talking about what Christ has done for us? Okay, so maybe get ready at the end and we'll, I think that'll be a good way to seal the power of the message today. Does that sound good? So again, raise your hand if you need the handout. And then we'll get started. I'm already sweating, so we're in good shape. Anybody else get sweating during worship today? Man, we got some good calisthenics. Mike, you didn't get sweating, did you? Not a bit. Perspiration. Perspiration. All right, praise the Lord. Now what I'm going to do, I don't have a lot of slides today. We're going to do a little bit of reading of Ephesians chapter 1 today. And again, I want to remind us, I want to put this in the context of what was going on. Again, remember Paul wrote this letter to the church in Ephesus while he's in prison, okay? Remember, Paul is in prison. He, it's been two and a half years since he's seen the church, the body of Christ in Ephesus. He's longing to be with them. He's longing to see them. He loves them. There's this deep compassion that Paul has, the apostle Paul has for the church in Ephesus. 
he spent the most time in the church of Ephesus of any church. He spent almost three years there just preaching and declaring the word of God in the synagogues and from house to house and in the house in the hall of Tyrannus. And so Paul is writing this letter again from prison, and he's wanting them to get a revelation. He's wanting them to realize what they have in Christ. He's wanting some foundational principles. And Paul has gotten this revelation of the body of Christ and what they're to be and, and what they've received from Christ and how what they've received from Christ, how it should impact their life and how it should change the way they live. And so the reason we are studying this is the Lord led us to it, and it's this thing where God's wanting us, the church, it would be like Paul is writing this church, to the church of Newcastle, to the church of New Covenant, I write, to those who are chosen ones, those who are faithful, those who are saints in Newcastle, this letter is coming to us as if it's now being written to us right now. And, and, and the Lord's wanting us to get the same revelations that he was giving the church in Ephesus. Amen? And so let's be like the Bereans. Let's, let's hang on the word of God. Let's study it. Let's get it inside of our hearts so that it begins to transform us and change the way we live. Is anybody wanting that kind of living? Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. So we're going to start with reading it. What I'm going to do is I'm going to read 7 through 14 first, and then we're going to go back, and I'm going to begin to make some other points. I think we got through point five last week on that list. And so did we get all the way to seven? That's right. We did get to seven. I'm going to come back up, and I'm going to do six and seven briefly again, and then we're going to take off. Does that sound good? We're going to get this done, and the Lord is going to help us. All right, you guys ready to read with me? You can even read it with me. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. And he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ, to put into effect when the times will have reached their fulfillment to bring all things in heaven and on earth together under one head, even Christ. Advance. Oh, yeah, it does help to turn it on, doesn't it? Okay, we're going to keep reading. In him we were chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we, who were the first to hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Having believed, you were marked in him with a seal the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. Amen. Can I, God bless the reading of your holy word. Amen. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. So we left off last week with points six and seven. And we're going to go back and we're going to begin to break this scripture down. And I want to read it slowly. Because there's some really powerful truths in him. In him. There is some powerful truths in him. Now, you noticed when we read that scripture, I had a lot of things bolded. <laughs> I had a lot of things underlined. And that's kind of some of the things we're going to emphasize today. That we need to get a revelation inside of our hearts. We need understanding. I'm not talking about head knowledge. I really am not talking about head knowledge. I'm talking about God wanting to do a, a work of revelation and understanding in our hearts of what Jesus Christ has done for us. Amen. Amen? And I tell you, I am just now beginning to even get some of these truths deep inside of my heart, and it's really exciting, and it really changes the way I love him and the way I praise him. So let's read this slowly just a moment. It says, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. Now, I realize, stop right there. I realize we covered this a little bit last week. I'm just going to reemphasize it. In him, in Christ, I have. Is that present, past? What is that? What's the tense of that verb, have? I have it. Everybody say, I have it. I have it. 
That is present, current, finished, a done deal. I have redemption. You have redemption. You have forgiveness of sins. If you are saved, if you are born again, if you have taken on the name of Christ, (laughs) again, I'm going to overemphasize, you have redemption. You have forgiveness of sins. You have it. It is your spiritual blessing in Christ. So again, everybody close your eyes. I have redemption. I have the forgiveness of my sins in him. Good news, right? You have been purchased back from the debt of sin. And we talked about that a little bit last night, or yet last week. You've been purchased back. There's, there, was a, there was a purchase price on your sin. And you were purchased back through the blood of Jesus Christ. That is so, such good news, by the way. There has been a ransom that was paid. How many know what a ransom is? They steal the rich man's daughter. And they ask for a ransom. Isis asks for a ransom for the the pilot. Isis asks for a ransom. Give us $200 million and we'll give you this prisoner back. That's what a ransom is. The ransom has been paid for you completely. This is the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. (laughs) Let that get inside you. He purchased you back with his blood on Calvary. You have been delivered and released from captivity by him is what that's talking about, okay? And that is really, really good news. And so we want to go on in this scripture, and we go, and I want to say, but why and how? Let's look at the scripture, because it says right here that we have been given the blood, uh, redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. Now, what I want to point out here is the word accordance. What do you think the word accordance, in accordance with, means? Because I'm talking, what we're getting ready to say here is you have the redemption and you have the forgiveness in accordance to something. The word accordance here literally means the act of granting, bestowing. It's bringing in conformity to, but it's, it's, it's in, in, in agreement with his grace. May it be granted according to your grace. May it be granted. May forgiveness and redemption be granted to you, the body of Christ, according to grace. For it has been by grace you have been saved. Not by works that any man could boast, but by grace. It's something that is unmerited, undeserved. Grace means, Judah, you don't deserve it. Remember the video I showed last week of the Green Street or Green River killer? He had killed 48 women and probably many, many more. And man, people were going like, kill, you're going to hell. You deserve death. Ah, all the vengeance. And then this man comes up looking like Santa Claus. He goes, man, you've made it difficult to love you. But I must do what the word of God says. And I forgive you for killing my daughter. And God loves you. I can't remember all that he said. And it was like, whoa. The man broke. The hard, calloused heart. He broke. And he received something he did not deserve. He deserved something he did not deserve. That's what amazing grace is. Amazing grace. You have been given redemption and forgiveness because of his glorious grace that has been lavished upon you and I. Can anybody say amen? It's been poured out 
on you in buckets. Bucket upon bucket upon bucket when you do not deserve his grace, when you had sleazy grace, when you've sinned and you've willingly sinned and again you do it again and again and again. His grace is amazing. Because I don't deserve that, 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 that last time when I sin again and I go, oh God, I, I, I don't want to do it, I do it. I don't want to do it, I do it. I don't want to do it. Ah, then Paul says in Romans 7, it's sin that lives in me. I don't do the very thing that I want to do, but I keep on doing the very thing that I don't want to do. Oh, what a wretched man I am, he says. And then grace comes a running. <laughs> I confess my sin and I say, oh God. The Holy Spirit convicts me. Does anybody ever feel the Holy Spirit convicting them? And the Holy Spirit comes down and you're going, oh man, I feel like a cream puff. Ugh. I feel dirty. I feel ugly. I feel, oh, why do you love me? I hate myself. Oh, why did I do that? Anybody ever gone through that? The rest of your life? <laughs> Grace, you have been blessed. You have been blessed with God's glorious grace, his undeserved favor. And that was point six last week, grace. I could spend three messages on preaching today and tomorrow and the next week and the next week on grace and how amazing grace is. It is amazing. And some of you probably need to begin to go to BibleHub.com and begin to look up grace. And you may need, if you feel condemnation all the time, if you feel dirty all the time, and you feel like there's no hope for you, you probably need to spend some time on discovering a revelation truth about amazing grace. You probably need to take this week and just shut everything down. Go to BibleHub.com and you begin to look up words on grace, scriptures on grace, and you begin to say, oh God, release a spirit of wisdom and revelation over me that I might see you and know you more, that I would see your grace for what it truly is so that you can get free from condemnation and guilt. Anybody like that thought? But here's what I want to say is Paul was trying to get a revelation to the people of Ephesus. The church there, when we're talking about this amazing grace, this amazing favor of, of, of God towards man, what was going on? I want to remind us of the very first message I preached a couple weeks ago when I was talking about the introduction to Ephesus. Why was Paul trying to bring this thing about grace, this grace being lavished on us, with all wisdom and understanding. And he's made, made known to us the mystery of his will. What was going on in Ephesus? Now, let's, let's think about this, okay? Because he's wanting to bring a revelation to the church in Ephesus, and we need that same revelation. But what was going on? Okay, the city of Ephesus, there, there was a Jewish synagogue there. there they, they were poly, polytheists, so they, were, they believed in multiple gods, the Jews didn't. They were under Judaism, so they believed in one God, okay? But what were the Jews believing? When this letter's coming to the church, they believe that it's through the rules and the regulations of the Old Testament. They believe it's through obeying the law perfectly that is how I receive atonement. It's how I receive forgiveness. It's how I receive grace. It was bringing the perfect sacrifice, a perfect lamb. It was through acts of righteousness that they would get their feeling of being okay with God. Does that make sense? The polytheists who were believing in multiple gods, they would just go to whatever God they needed to satisfy that, which was wrong. And so Paul's coming and he's teaching them that, guys, the only way you're going to feel right before God is through Christ. It's not going to be through your acts. It's not going to be because you honor your father and your mother, because you do not kill, do not steal, do not cheat, do not commit adultery, do not do all these things. And then once I do all these things, that then, okay, I'm okay with God. That the only way to get right with God is to receive something. The only way to get right with God is to receive the grace, to receive the forgiveness, to receive that which was paid for you on Calvary. 
that yes, your actions are going to be highly affected. The way you live is going to be radically changed. If you're born again, I'm sorry, there's been a seal of the Holy Ghost that's been put inside of you, and you won't keep sinning. If you're born again, I'm telling you, the Spirit of God works on you. It may take one year. It may take two years. It may take three years. It may take ten years. I don't care. The Spirit of God is going to hunt you down, and he's going to work on you and work on you until you get rid of whatever he's trying to get rid of you in. He does not relent until he has it all. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit too. So Paul was trying to tell the church at Ephesus about something about this amazing grace. Point six last week was we are blessed with God's glorious grace. As Christians, we're blessed with redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. And then point eight, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time here, but I do want to attack some of the way we think because this kind of runs into... Whoops, sorry about that. It runs into this point that I wanted to make, and I felt like the Lord wanted me to make and not spend a lot of time there, is this point right here where I'm going to highlight. According to the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. If you're a born-again Christian (laughs) and you're a lover of God, you have a vast amount of wisdom and understanding at your disposal. If you think I can't understand the word, it makes no sense to me. There's no, if you believe those lies, it's like what Tom preached several weeks ago when he said he heard those phrases so many times. Oh, I don't like to read. I don't like to read. I hate to read. And we had to change our confession, right? I hear so many people say, I, I just don't understand. I do, I, I do not understand. Right there it is. It has been lavished on us. All wisdom and understanding has been lavished on you. It's there for the tapping. If you're born again, you can get wisdom and you can get revelation. You can get understanding. It's yours for the taking. And you better believe it. I'm telling you, you can have it. It's not just Pastor Eric that can get wisdom and understanding. All believers... All believers, all redeemed, God's grace has been lavished on us with all wisdom and all understanding. Can I have an amen on that? So then it goes on to say, he has made known to us the mystery of his will, and we'll keep reading here. Let's read it slow. According to his good pleasure, I love that good pleasure, I'm part of that good pleasure, so are you, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times will have reached their fulfillment. Church, things are beginning to be reached to their fulfillment. To bring all things on heaven heaven and on earth together, the earth and heaven will come under one head. It will come. It may look like hell has reached the earth. It may look like we're losing. (laughs) It may look like the body of Christ has a lot of hang-ups and hurts and habits. But I'm telling you, the fulfillment of what God has set out to accomplish, it is coming to its fulfillment. Is anybody glad that he's in control? You may not think he is, but he is. Amen? I'm going to go on a little bit. Now, in him, again, we were chosen. There's that word we talked about last week. Did anybody get a revelation last week of being chosen? Let's look at these powerful words in Scripture. In him we were chosen, having, having been predestined according to the plan of him who what? Works out everything. He works out everything. Say it. He works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will in order (laughs) that we who were in the first to hope in Christ might be for the praise of his glory. And I love this. I love this. And you, say me. Me. I I was included in Christ I was included in Christ when we heard the word of truth, 
the gospel of your salvation. Having believed, you were marked in with we were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. Now, where I want to go with this is this, this inheritance. I'm going to go down, and then we're going to go up. Is that okay? You guys like going down before we go up? There's a reason why, and I don't really know what that reason is, so bear with me. It's not just that I'm highly unorganized. No. I've got written in my notes. The word says you are blessed with an inheritance. Now, what is an inheritance? Hmm? Somebody that leaves you something behind. Okay. It's true. Anybody want a million dollar inheritance? When you get something you've not worked for, okay. If you look up the definition of inheritance, this is one of the definitions. There's many of what you just said is true. But an inheritance is an estate that is given to a child from their father after their death. Listen to it again. An inheritance is an estate that is given to a child from his father at his death. So what inheritance have you been given from your father when Christ died on the cross? The inheritance is therefore, is it now or later? It's both. It's both. There is an inheritance that we get here. There are spiritual blessings that we get here that inherit bringing the kingdom of heaven to the earth that we cooperate with heaven to see that inheritance and that manifestation of the kingdom come to the earth. But there's also an inheritance that you will take possession of later. The, the inheritance of your salvation. That when you cross over, when you take your last breath, you actually get your full inheritance. Is it awesome? Here's what I want to say. Heaven has been purchased for us by the death of your Redeemer. Heaven has been purchased for you by the death of your Redeemer. That inheritance has been given to you, and we could study, again, I've told you from the beginning of this study, we could spend years preaching on Ephesians. I could go into depth what the inheritance of God is in the saints. And some of you need to be studying that. But then it says a little later in that passage that heaven has been purchased. Yes, our salvation has been purchased and we have an inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. But it says here, look at this, that you have been sealed whoops, by the promised Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is actually a deposit for you, guaranteeing that inheritance that you have. Now, what does that mean, that the Holy Spirit, that you've been marked and that you've been sealed by the Holy Ghost? That's where I want to spend a little time. What does it mean that you as a believer that your inheritance is guaranteed by the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit is the proof. He's the down payment. He's the earnest money of your inheritance. What does that mean? What does that mean? See, the Holy Spirit. So if I was to go buy a house, let's say, let's talk about it in practical terms. If I go buy a house and I make an offer on a house, I put down earnest money. And that earnest money of $1,000 or whatever is my guarantee that I'm going to purchase the home. Is that not true? It's the seal. Okay? So then the person that I'm that's selling the home trusts me that I won't back out. And here's what we do. Is we're always worried about Jesus backing out on his end of the bargain. 
has he really saved me? Here's what I think we get into. I want to go do a little rabbit trail. You guys ready for a rabbit trail? Here's what I believe happens. Okay, I've shared this with many of you. When I get born again, when I give my life to Christ, what actually happens? What part of me comes alive? Oh, I love that you guys know that answer. Most people say soul. Uh-uh. My spirit, man, comes alive in Christ. My flesh, my soul, is made up of what? My mind, my will, my power to choose, and my emotions. And my mind is jacked. My emotions are jacked. And my will is jacked. And my will is jacked, and my will says yes to a lot of things it should say no to. Do I have a witness? And so what happens in the body of Christ is I get saved. And we think that my mind, my will, and my emotions get saved. Your mind and your will and your emotions, they are still jacked to the hill. They're still in your past. They're still in the abuse. They're still in all the damage that was done by parents and your divorced husbands and this and that. And your emotions are still jacked to the hill. And they start to manifest. And they start to do things that you know as a Christian you should not be being done. And then the enemy begins to lie to you. See, you're not saved. You're not born again. If you were born again, you wouldn't be doing that. But the Bible says that my soul gets renewed. It gets restored. Psalms 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He restores my soul. Romans 12, 1 says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Bible talks about conforming your will to the will of the Lord. Those things have to be renewed. Those things have to be restored. Those things are the thing of work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Amen. Renew them through the washing of the word and through this kind of stuff and going to church and praising God and Bible study and, and all that kind of stuff is how this stuff gets from jacked to liberated. Amen. And that's a process. Can I have an amen on that? But the spirit, your inheritance, that you've been sealed by the Holy Spirit, you have been guaranteed by the Spirit of God. And here's how I know that we are sons and daughters of the Most High. Is when I start to sin, when I start to do what is wrong, the Holy Ghost shows up. And he gives me a way of escape from sin. I can remember many times in my past when I was getting ready to sin and the phone would ring. Ring. Oh, my way of escape. <laughs> and the Holy Spirit would begin to deal with my heart. Eric, follow after me. Follow after me. You're a son. You love me. That's not who you are. Come on. Get up. Move away from that. Come towards me. Don't go into lust. Don't go into that junk. Don't go that way. That's your seal. I've been marked by the Holy Ghost. Now, if you don't have that going on in your heart, you better get saved. If you don't have that restraint, if you don't have that conviction, if you don't have the Holy Spirit working on the inside, get born again. You've just went through a religious experience where you said, yeah, I need Jesus. Because those who are born again are sealed. They're marked by the Holy Ghost. And I could go into further detail on that. Does anybody want to believe that you're marked and sealed by the promised Holy Spirit as a deposit guaranteeing your inheritance in the kingdom of heaven? My inheritance in the kingdom is secure. Can I have an amen on that? My guarantee, this is one more reason for us to praise our glorious Lord. Amen. I hope that makes sense. That's why many people, whoops, peekaboo.
I don't want to show too much. I'm wearing my T-shirt that I got paint on, and you'll see my T-shirt with lots of marks on it. I know, that crazy preacher. Abraham, you are my son still. I can still take you down. I have much more body mass than you. And your will needs to be conformed to the will of God right now, son. Son, do you feel the Holy Spirit conviction right now? Because right now it's your seal, buddy. You've been marked. Has he not been marked? Have you not been marked? You've been marked, Michael. Alger, you've been marked. Chris, you've been marked. I've been marked. Say that. I've been been sealed by the Holy Spirit. That is good news, by the way. So here's the deal. We have become gifts to God. We have become gifts to God that he delights in. (laughs) For as a part of God's sovereign plan, we are chosen from the beginning to be his. From the beginning, we have been chosen to be his, a gift of his from the beginning. So in your notes, point nine, we are blessed with an inheritance in Christ of which we will one day take possession of. I believe that is a future thing, but it is also a present thing. Many people in the body of Christ don't believe it is a present thing. I believe it's both. You can land wherever you want to land. But I believe I can have my inheritance here, and it is a future one as well. And you can choose to believe whatever you want to believe. Number 10, we are blessed with the seal of the Holy Spirit, who is our guarantee of this inheritance. And then the last one that I want to talk about today And like I said, there are so many other things in this passage, but I'm only hitting the high points. This leads me to my last point, which is point 11. And I want to really kind of drive this home. I said this at the beginning. But as Paul prays in his prayer in, uh, I think it's probably verse 14 on, um, Paul, you really begin to see his heart for the church of Ephesus. And he starts praying for them. And I pray that a spirit of wisdom and revelation for you to know him more, and you really see his heart towards the people in Ephesus. And then he prays in this next passage, and I'm going to just highlight verse 18 here. It's not advancing for me. You mind advancing that to the next? Oh, there it is, Ephesians 1.18. Paul prays this, and I just want to point out something here. Here's Paul's prayer, part of his prayer. He says, I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. Now, the point I want to make here is Paul is talking about moving from knowledge of the head to revelation of the heart. And this is the part where most people miss it. Most people stay with head knowledge. The Bible says, I am the righteousness of Christ. The Bible says, I have an inheritance. The Bible says, I'm chosen. The Bible says, is head knowledge. And what Paul is praying in this, and what we have to realize, is that Paul is wanting the church in Ephesus to move from theological doctrine of knowledge, and he's wanting to move to their hearts being enlightened. This is what I love to call revelation. What I believe this is, is this is where the light bulb comes on. Ah, now I see. So we are blessed with our hearts being enlightened. We, as the body of Christ, we we are the enlightened ones. How's that sound? You should be getting revelation. You, You, as a Christian, should be getting revelation. 
Is anybody getting revelation? And I'm talking about moving from head knowledge to where the heart, the emotions, everything gets engaged when it comes to, as we're going through this study in Ephesians, that, that, that we get a revelation and enlightenment in our hearts. We need that bad. We need that bad. So Paul here is talking about light bulbs going off inside of us. He's wanting these truths to go deep to the inside of us beyond knowledge to revelation. And that's where the power is to transform our lives. Because the Bible says that knowledge, what? It puffs up. Knowledge, say, puffs up. Stay with me. We're almost done. Oh, it is. Yeah, it's almost done. Yeah. Knowledge puffs up. But revelation provides transformation, transformation that brings humility and praise. And really, to be honest with you, that's what I want this study to be in Ephesians. Guys, if you hear anything today, this study, as you guys are taking these, this devotional and you're working it with your kids and you're working it with your life, the goal of this study in Ephesians is to bring that our hearts might be enlightened, that we might get a revelation of what God is trying to say to our hearts. So point 11, 11 is this, we are blessed with our eyes being enlightened to know the hope of our calling. The hope of our calling, yes, inheritance in Christ, the hope of our calling of what we're called to do on this earth, but that we, our eyes and our hearts can be enlightened to the truth of God's word. Can I have an amen on that? Amen. And so this, this is where we go. I can have a revelation, you can have a revelation just like me, or you can have a revelation just like um, Smith Wigglesworth or Kenneth Hagin or anybody else that you consider spiritual giants in the Lord. Or I mean, we all can have revelation. We can all have our hearts enlightened. Can I have an amen on that? Amen. Every one of us. This is not for the elect. You are the elect. You can be the Bill Johnsons. You can be the Kenneth Higgins. You can be those kind of guys that get revelation and, and then share it with others. Here's two te uh, texts that I got this week because I want to use these examples as to what revelation we can get. Here's one that was texted to me as soon as I find it. You guys okay? We want a revelation. Okay, here's what, what someone said to me. This, this is one of the biggest takes, takeaways from last week. Besides having spiritual blessings highlighted, that too was good. She said, in 20 years of being a Christian, no one ever told me that the Old Testament is Hebrew and the New Testament is Greek. That is exciting news. Laugh out loud. Thanks. Okay. That's a revelation. It's new. I got this email. You said last Sunday to let you know if anyone, anything stood out to us as we studied Ephesians this week. Like you, the word chosen or predestined has claimed my attention. It has been a worrisome and confusing topic, topic for me in the past. I've had people say to me, why bother with church, Christianity, and all that? If God has already made up his mind on, or on who is going to make it to heaven, I still can't say I fully understand it, but in studying that, those words this week, a couple of things that I have come across that I love, loved are this, and the commentary in Ephesians 1.4 in my Bible says, holiness, I love this, holiness is the result, it is not the basis of God's choosing. Listen to me. Holiness is the result. It is not the basis of God's choosing. So in other words, it's, it, 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 holiness is, is the result of that he has chosen us. It's the work he has done, not the work that you have done, that no man can boast. If it was on our works, we could boast about what we're doing and we could think we were our own salvation. But I'm quickly reminded in this flesh that I am not my own salvation. But it is by the grace of God. 
It is by these principles that we're talking to. We have been saved by faith through grace on what he has done, not what I have done. Can I have an amen on that? And so here's what I want to ask you as we finish up today. Which of these, I'm going to advance this, these are all the 11, the spiritual blessings in Christ. We are blessed with our position in God. I am a saint in his eyes. We are blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ. We are blessed with being chosen by God. We are blessed with holiness and blamelessness in love before God in Christ. Number five, we are blessed with adoption through Christ, having been predestined by his will and desire for us. Wow, I messed that up. We are blessed with God's glorious grace, his undeserved favor, which he blessed us with in the beloved. We are blessed with redemption through his blood and the forgiveness of sins. We always shout for that because that's where the enemy works on us the hardest. We are blessed with his wisdom and understanding that is lavished on us. We are blessed with an inheritance in Christ of which we will one day take possession of. We are blessed with the seal of the Holy Spirit who is our guarantee of our inheritance. And we are blessed with our eyes being enlightened to know the hope of our calling. Which of these spiritual blessings do you connect with emotionally? Which one of these go, oh man, yeah, I'm chosen. Oh, I'm forgiven. I've been washed by the blood of the Lamb. Which one of these do you connect with emotionally? Which of these spiritual blessings or promises of God are you not currently believing? Ask yourself that. Lord, which one of these 11 am I not currently believing? Which of these am I struggling with? Because teenagers, flip 180s, you can do this too. If you are struggling with any of these 11, this is what your Bible study and your quiet time should be revolved around. This week, you should be getting your Bible Hub program on the computer and, or your, your, your commentaries, your, your study Bible, and you should begin to dive into these areas and you look up these words and you say, oh God, release a spirit of wisdom and revelation over me that I might know you in that way. Because I'm lacking. I don't believe, God, that I'm chosen. I believe I'm a mistake. I believe I'm a reject. Or I don't believe that I've been redeemed through your blood. I don't believe that I've been forgiven because I feel so guilty. So I ask you, what steps can you take to grow in your faith to believe the good news of the gospel? That's the good news of the gospel right there, by the way. That's the spiritual blessings in Christ. And we're going to dive into chapter 2 and we're going to find more. And now you've got two weeks to dive into this and chapter two because we have a special speaker next week. You can have time to go to Bible Hub this week and study and begin to find out where am I not believing that? Can anybody find a few spots up there where you're not believing God? That should be where you begin to work and be faithful and to seek God for revelation. Can I have an amen? So here's what I want to ask you. How would your daily life look differently if you were really connected with the truth that you are chosen and predestined by God to be adopted by him? That you are made holy by the blood of the Son, having been forgiven and cleansed of your sins and given an inheritance in Christ, that is guaranteed by the presence of the Holy Spirit and sealed over your life. How would that change the way you live? How would that change the way you worship? If I could have the worship team come up. We're going to sing that song. How would it change the way you worship? How would it change the way you spend your devotional time? How would it change the joy in your heart? If you have these books with you, feel free to get it out. As we get ready to sing this song, we're going to make some declarations over ourselves. Because I believe God is wanting to use these truths, and this song is going to reemphasize the truths that we've just talked about. 
If you're a guest with us today, we're glad you're here. If you would, everybody, just stand up with me. We're almost done. Would you guys, by faith, make these declarations with me? It really pertains to these declarations and these spiritual blessings, but just repeat after me. I am blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ. I am blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Yes, and amen. I am chosen to be holy and blameless in his sight. I am chosen to be holy and blameless in his sight. I am. <laughs> I have been adopted in accordance with his pleasure and will. <laughs> kind of long, aren't they? You want me to shorten them down? I will. I am redeemed through his blood. I am redeemed through his blood. And I have forgiveness of sins. I have forgiveness of sins. <laughs> he has lavished his wisdom. He has lavished his wisdom. And he has lavished his understanding upon me. I am chosen. I am chosen. For the praise of his glory. <laughs> yep. I am marked in Jesus. And sealed by the Holy Spirit. I have the spirit of wisdom. I have the spirit of wisdom. And revelation to know him better. <laughs> My eyes are enlightened. To know the hope of my calling. <laughs> and I have a glorious inheritance in Christ. I have a glorious inheritance in Christ. Now let us sing this song by faith. Let this worship, let it be sweet to your heart as you praise Him for what He has done for you. If you need to leave, you can leave. If you're here today and you need Christ, we will pray with you. But let's give praise to the Lord. Amen. Thank you.